Hi, this is Dr. Philip Agrios, author of Life's One Law, Nature's Blueprint for Repeatable Success in Life and Business, and you're listening to my quest for the best. Do you love movies that show that there's an underlying pattern that explains how some portion of the world works? Something like The Matrix or Mission Impossible movies? I'm a big fan of those movies, and for the same reason, I'm a big fan of this interview. Joining me today is Dr. Philip Agrios. If you'd been introduced to Philip Agrios just a few years ago, you would have met a man who was the owner of a successful chiropractic and functional medical practice with staff and a full patient load. You've met a married family man who lived in a New Jersey suburban home in a leafy neighborhood. You would have met an affable yet overworked professional. Suddenly, everything seemed to go wrong in his life. He developed debilitating carpal tunnel syndrome when he was able to treat his patients. So in a short time, his business failed, and he took on the debt without a source of income. The stress of that situation caused shockwaves through his personal life, and ended up he ended up divorced and living in an apartment with further bills to pay for alimony. On top of that, his parents, with whom he was very close, died within a few months, which precipitated further stress and health issues in his life. While trudging through this very dark valley of shadows in his life, he searched for answers as to why this happened to him, and why it seemed to be a recurring issue. And in the midst of that questioning, he found answers, which eventually became the six-step problem-solving blueprint. This is a method to quickly pinpoint a person's roadblocks in life and business and remove them for optimal health, wealth, and happiness. This method enabled Philip to return to his practice and share the blueprint with his patients, some of whom had particularly stubborn conditions that had resisted all other forms of treatment. Last year, in spite of the newfound success he was enjoying, he closed down his practice and has dedicated himself to sharing the blueprint with others through classes, seminars, and one-on-one -on -one work as widely as possible. He's written Life's One Law, Nature's Blueprint for Repeatable Success in Life and Business, which he will draw on to share insights that we can apply today. Welcome, well, thank Philip. you, Bill. Thank you for having me. Look, you went through quite a struggle while you were in practice, and that led you to understand and develop this framework called the Six-Step Problem-Solving Blueprint. Can you tell us what your life was like as of you were running a practice? Um, tell us about the size of the practice you were running and what were some of the symptoms you were experiencing during that time that started to affect your ability to perform as a, a business owner and, and family man? Well, I've been in practice for 33 years, and um, about 18 years ago, things started to take a shift, and actually 20, over 20 years. And um, I went through, um, I had a disability, and what I had was uh, what's called um, thoracic outlet syndrome in um, both sides and carpal tunnel in both hands. So it caused weakness and numbness down both my hands. And um, I was not able to really practice well. And along with so much stress that I was having, it kind of was from the stresses. I had, um, my father was dying of brain cancer. I uh, went through a combative uh, relationship with my, my ex. I had um, so many other things happening with my, my kids, and uh, I went had a financial ruin. Uh, so many things were happening. Um, when my dad passed away, I was then now the sole caretaker of my uh, ailing mom for seven years. So the stress is, and there's so much more. I <laughs> don't want to bore your, uh, your, uh, bore you. 
But, uh, yeah, I went through all those situations, and I was like, you know, this is, this is why am I continually sabotaging myself? Why is this continually happening over and over again? And I went to the best, you know, a lot of, you know, the big names, and I would start doing well with them and all of a sudden find myself back to doing the same thing over and over again. And until I realized that there was something that was in me that was continually challenging me. And over the years, over thousands of patients, I, I was able to understand that we actually have a sabotaging trait, a trait that actually brings conflict into our lives in order for us to evolve and grow or dissolve through fear. And it's essential. You can't get rid of it because it's there for us to really help us to get to the next level. Because if really think about it, if we didn't, we'd be all, we'd be bored as anything if everything went well in our lives and it would cause us to be more complaining on that aspect instead of us really figuring out what's going on and to evolve. So that's what we discovered. And once I understood the sabotaging trait, I realized there was an antidote, the actual opposite situation to the sabotaging trait. And when I started utilizing the antidote with my patients, over thousands of patients, things started to shift for them. And I had, from that moment on, I realized that I had something very valuable. Well, let's back up a moment. You were in quite um, a difficult situation. Your your business was in a difficult situation. Your marriage was in a difficult situation. Financially, you were in a difficult situation. This is a, a, a condition that many of the entrepreneurs and business owners listening will relate to. What And you started to reflect and look for patterns and look how to make sense of this. What was one of the first signs that you had that what you understood and was were able to apply was making a difference? Well, within myself, I remember sitting on my living room floor, and I looked to my left, which was representing of my past, and I realized that all the things that I was going through, this one trait of mine was causing all of this. And I was like, wait a minute. If these situations, if I knew the trade ahead of time and the antidote, I could have avoided those. But those other ones, I couldn't have avoided. But with the antidote, I would have had much different outcomes. And then I looked to my right, which was my, my future, and I was like, wait a minute. I can actually, I can actually understand what's happening because when I get stressed, when I get resistant, it's the same trait showing me that this is what I need to focus on, that there's an imbalance going on in my life. And when I would use the antidote, I would then have an understanding of how to do this. Now, the, the sabotaging trait, and, and there's two other traits that I discovered, these three basic traits of ours that create our personality sequence, our personality stress sequence, was a six-step blueprint. And when I looked at the blueprint, I was able to help, under, help people understand where they were stuck in the step. And once they would understand that step, they would then come in, and I would give them specific action steps, and they would then understand how to deal with that step. And then what do people do? They always say, well, what do I do next? Well, go to the next step. <laughs> it's circular. So if you can envision a circle with six steps all around it at 12 o'clock, you know, like a clock, you know, 12, 2, 4, uh, 6, 8, 10, and 12 again, those six steps all have a meaning, a particular function. And what I realized was that there were really six seasons that I discovered, not the four that we know, but there were actually six seasons 
And when I looked at this, I realized these were the six steps that nature uses to bounce back from its own problems and how to evolve consistently day after day, year after year, millennium after millennium, and we had that same power. And I was able to reproduce that, and that's why it's called repeatable success. And imagine knowing why you had a great month last, last month, but the month before that you had a horrible month, and then this month you're not doing too well. And looking at how you were able to figure out through the blueprint what step caused you to shift from success to failure, it gives you the ability to now know how to write your direction and go down the repeatable success you had prior. So I'm going to list the six-season cycle with the underlying action, I suppose, associated with it. So summer, for instance, is decisions starting at the top of the clock. So would you take us through the six-season cycle just briefly? Start with summer as the season of decision. Tell us what it means and then the other five, please. Summer is your decision-making uh, deci- uh, season. So if I have an apple in front of me and I bite into it, if it's nice and sweet, my decision is to continue doing what I'm doing. If it's bitter, then I have to make a decision that I need to go into the next season to try to figure out what happened. So the next season is harvest. Harvest is gathering the information, gathering what I need to understand what caused this situation, how I feel about this. Then once I have that harvest, which is the replenishment season for me to take, I actually go into autumn. Autumn is the detachment season. What are the people, things, and events in my life that are no longer working for me? And once I understand that situation, I go then into winter. Winter is the planning season. I need to sit in a quiet, relaxing area and really get in to really go within myself to really understand the knowledge that I need. What plan do I need and what people and experts do I need to come in to give me a good plan? Once I have my plan, I go into the other season called relinquish. Relinquish is relinquishing, is giving. This is where the flower opens up and exposes itself to the nectar and the pollen. This is where you open up and show your new brand, your new plan, sending out emails. This is what's all opening up and giving what your new plan is all about. Then once relinquished, you go into spring, which is the bees. That's your pollinators, your potential pollinators, your clients coming in to fertilize your company in order for us to have a rapport with them. And once they've had that understanding, then we go back into summer and they make a decision whether or not they hire you. When they do, then you go back into harvest and you have that exchange of uh, money to the product. And you go through these six seasons because each season has a step and a, a function, and then each season has different action steps for you to understand if you're stuck in. Well, that's, that's really clear and easy to see where if somebody gets stuck in a season, how it would throw off the cycle of, of natural order. How does this help someone problem solve? Can you give an example? I had a, a client who was a physician. And he was getting stuck. He wasn't able to really understand why he was not closing people well. And when we realized that one of his sabotaging traits was that he was overly giving to the, in the consultation. He would give them so much information, he actually lost the sale. And you probably have, have you know, salespeople who do that. They overly talk. Where you go, you know, I, ha- I got it 10 minutes ago. You know, but they don't understand that. So he didn't understand that. And we realized that he was overly giving to them in relinquish. So when they went into spring, 
he was just pushing them away because it was just too much information. Once I helped him understand that he had to back that off, we had to go back into harvest about taking for himself to feel more confident because he was overly giving because he was insecure with himself. Once he was able to replenish himself and realize that he was very knowledgeable, he was an excellent doc, he was then able to go into autumn to let go of those old ways that he was doing. We went into winter, replanned it, how to uh, give him new closing rate type, uh, closing techniques, and he was then able to sit down back into relinquish, give them proper information, and his, his, his uh, closing rates went from 30% to 100%. And I said to him, Kevin, it can't be 100%. He goes, no, it's 100%. So once he really understood what he was doing, he was able to use the blueprint and his sabotaging trade and antidote to really give him a boost in not only his income, but the ability to help more people. And that's really interesting. He at least tripled his closing rate as a result of changing behavior that he thought was actually helping, but he had no idea that it was actually hurting his effectiveness until he understood how it fit into this problem-solving cycle. Exactly. So tell me, what are, some of the, what are some of the issues that people realize that it's not just, you know, understanding technique, not just understanding some new terminology, but how to apply this to get different results in one's life? You've been able to do this by applying this technique, and you've, you've cycled through repairing a lot of issues that had – um, been troublesome and problem spots for you before, you solved those problems and now are, you know, beginning to flourish in a new new business. Well, one of the uh, one of my patients, this is before I shifted, uh, he was a, uh, a lawyer. And what was really interesting was that he was having these problems physically uh, through his autoimmune. And then once he was able to understand that the same sabotaging trait that was affecting his personal life was also causing problems in his business. So one of the things that he was doing, he was he didn't have systems in place. He was kind of like winging it. Um, he was scattered, didn't really understand that uh, when he had clients come in, he wouldn't he wouldn't really fill out and do some of the briefs that he needed on time. They were getting upset with him, things like that. And once I was able to sit with him and I said, look, you need systems. You need to come in. We need to make sure when this comes in, they go here. There's no more scatteredness. You need to be organized. We have to make sure that these people understand that this is the process. And once he started going through a system, he became less overwhelmed. He was able to then say, you know what, I can accept more clients. And that's what happens with people. The reason why they're not successful is because the, the, it's more painful to be successful than to stay where they're at. Let me, for example, I have people, you know, I have clients all around the world, and they will call me and they'll go, yeah, I want to double my business. I said, no, you don't. If you really wanted to double your business, it would have happened already. The reason why it hasn't happened is that because of what, of your perception that if I did double my, my, my practice or my business, then I'm not going to have more time with my kids, my wife, or I'm going to have more complaints, or I'm going to say overwhelm, I'm never going to get to sleep. All these things happen on a subconscious level. And once we can really understand what they need to do, the antidote shifts that for them. And once this lawyer understood that he needed to have systems in place and make sure that he was no longer scattered, and he was able to focus and do the things, and he got briefs on, out on time. His practice increased tremendously. 
all because he felt less overwhelmed. What season was he caught in, and what was his antidote? The, the season that he was caught in was he was caught in winter. The winter was that he didn't have a plan. He didn't have a system. Remember, winter is a is your vision of what your new summer needs to look like. So when we sat down and we gave him a plan that when this patient come, when this client comes in, you're going to do this. Your secretary is going to do this, this and that. Once he had those systems in place, then he had a plan. Then he could go into the next season, which was then to give them. Um, what they needed, and he didn't feel overwhelmed with that aspect. So once he understood that summer was the planning stage, that he had to put systems into place, it gave him more knowledge to feel more confident that by increasing his, his business, he wouldn't get overwhelmed and have more pain. Okay, so that's a real important point for listeners. If you think that you're doing the planning process, but you're either not sharing it or you're not sharing it sufficiently, you're not going to get the results or the full fruits out of that planning process. That's important to think about with what Philip just said. So be sure to underscore and look and see whether you're getting the results you are expecting from the processes that are in place, or you need to revisit that and see if maybe you're stuck in one of these six seasons. Philip, what was it like writing the book? You've actually written and published this book, Six-Step Problem-Solving Blueprint. How long did the process take, and what's something you learned in the process? I, it took me two weeks to, to uh, write it. It was just uh, one of those things where it just flowed, and I wrote it in a couple of weeks. And as I was going through the process, I, had, uh, I sent it out to different clients, and they read it, and they really liked it, and they gave me some good information. And one of the things that I had in the book that I wanted was that in each step in the book, I give business and personal questions you can ask for each step. So if you're reading the book and you look at summer and you have a decision to make, you don't know what to do, there actually are questions, business questions and personal questions, whether or not you're stuck in your personal life or your business. And that was the main key for people is that they were able to have exercises that this is not a book where you read it once and you throw it on the shelf. This is something like a manual. That's what's pretty cool that some of my reviews show that this is a manual that people can use to look at back and forth to find out where they're stuck. Because you've got to realize this. You can be stuck in summer in your business, but you can be stuck in uh, autumn in your personal life. You might have five different clients in your business, each one different seasons. And then, therefore, you can understand why you might be having a problem with one client compared to why you're not having a problem with this client. And it all allows them to understand. And what was really cool is I had a client who was, um, she had, I was a single mom, and she was having some difficulties in the personal life as well as the business. I mean, she had a very successful business, but there was a lot of controversy in, at home. And when we were going through the process, because I, I, I mentor people one-on-one, we realized that what she was doing in her personal life, she should have done in her business. And what she was doing in her business, she should be doing in her personal life. She actually had them switched. And then when she understood that and she switched them, her relationship with her children, who were seven and nine at the time, improved dramatically. And the, the relationship with her employees improved as well. So it was really cool seeing how those two were, she was doing it, the right things, but she was putting them in the wrong parts of their lives. That's terrific because it's very interesting that oftentimes you, like like I often come across people who are very talented, have lots of skills, but are applying those skills or those solutions in the wrong areas. 
and it's not producing the results that they want, and they check and say, am I competent in these skills? They say, of course I'm competent in these skills. I've produced these results. But when they go to apply the technique or the, the method in the wrong area or at the wrong time, it's not going to produce the desired result. So that's another great checkpoint to be able to review. And your book gives you the, the questions that are appropriate to be asking in each particular season. Just to clarify one more thing, Philip, when people read this book, you want them to understand that they could be making autumn decisions to detach even in June or July. It's not tied to the seasons. It's just a metaphor for the seasons. Is that right? Yes, correct. You don't have to wait for autumn as the world autumn to come in for you to do autumn things. It's the autumn within yourself that's happening. Exactly. And going back to your old point is that what I find is really great, and this is some workshops that I do as well, the point that you made was that you have a manager or, or an owner looking at an employee and going, God, they have so much potential. I just can't reach them, and i got to get rid of them because they're not getting to their potential. Imagine knowing that employee's sabotaging trade and antidote. Now you can support them in the way they need to be supported, not in the way you think they need to be supported, which is really how you need to be supported. And once I've seen people do that, and this is a – employee, uh, boss, employee relationship, child, parent, spouse, whatever. And I've seen this, business partners, when they understand why the person is doing what they're doing and supporting them in that way, there's a different cohesiveness in And now you can get your employees to have higher performances and productivity because now you're helping them to see why they're blocking themselves that they can't see themselves. So, Phil, one other thing that I think people are going to be interested in is Many people listening to this are saying, gosh, I wish I had time to write a book. You said that you wrote your first draft of the book in two weeks. What was that like? What was the schedule? What were some of the things that you used to give you that discipline and helped you produce that kind of outcome? Well, one of the things was that I had, had to understand my own sabotage trait, why I took, you know, why I wouldn't be able to do certain things in my life. And I made sure that I had planned out that this is what I'm going to do per so many hours. And then I would just sit down, I would kind of be in a more calming way so that my subconscious and everything else and my conscious would kind of meet each other. My sabotaging trait, which I call the director saboteur, is the one uh, that gets scattered and not able to focus too well. So I had to come up with a system. I had to make sure that um, I was going to take the time and the planning on that stage. And then how, as a, a business owner myself and, and all the other owners and entrepreneurs and executives that I used, that I coached, what were they looking for? And then I planned it out in that situation. So I made sure that I used my antidote in that way, and that was one of the major reasons why I was able to complete the book. Did you have any other aspects to create an ideal writing environment, like peppermint tea, or did you use a different word processor, or did you just sit down and write using what you normally write? What were some of the tools you used to help create that environment and be so focused and productive? Well, I went into my study, closed the door, and then I actually put on some study music that I got on, uh, off of YouTube, and that would just allow me to just have no distractions and focus on there. And then, uh, yeah, I would have different types of teas that would make, make more, me more relaxed so that I would be more focused and able to get the book done in the way so that my distractions wouldn't cause me to derail myself and sabotage myself from not writing the book.
So you've been incredibly generous with us in sharing on my quest for the best today. You've talked about how you came from a position of undergoing a lot of stressful situations and in a way life had gotten your attention in order to create from that all of those problems that were dealt to you in such a short period of time. From that, you were able to create the six-step problem-solving blueprint. And you talked about the six seasons and how they apply to people's lives in just about every faucet, um, from business to employee relationships to personal relationships. You let us know that there's a quiz available, which we'll link to on the show, so that people can find out their own primary way that they have a sabotaging trait and what the antidote is for that. Uh, you, you talked about the turning point for yourself and your clients and gave us some great examples and also shared with us how you uh, created and, and wrote your book in a, a remarkably short period of time, just a couple of weeks. So for that, I thank you greatly for sharing with us on My Quest for the Best. Well, thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate it. And I just, if I can say one thing with your audience is that don't get upset with yourself that the sabotaging trait is within all of us. It's there to help you. And once you hit a resistance or a stress, just say to yourself, I wonder what gift I'm getting. What is this trying to tell me? How am I going to shift? And by becoming more relaxed and more of a balanced way, it will come to you. That I know. And where can we find out more about your work and learn about your book, Philip? Uh, you can go to the website called sabotagequiz.com. That's sabotage quiz.com and then they can go to uh, business solutions and it will allow them to take a short quiz and they'll get not only their sabotaging trait but they'll get the antidote as well so they can start immediately working on themselves and understand how uh, how they can get from where they are to the next level in their lives thank you so much thank you so much bill Hi, this is Bill. Before you go, I just want to ask you a quick favor. If you've enjoyed this interview on My Quest for the Best, I'd love it if you'd go to iTunes, look up My Quest for the Best, and subscribe. I want to make sure you don't miss the very next episode we have coming up. We've got a lineup of terrific guests, and I know that if you enjoyed this one, you'll like what you find coming up soon. Also, feel free to give it a comment, a like, because we work hard to put these interviews together, and I appreciate making sure that we're reaching you and serving you in the, the best way possible. I look forward to reading your comments and catch you on the next interview. Thanks so much.